In Oregon, we have sent 74 delegates representing the state in this year's convention, all experiencing the convention online. And today we have Oregon Delegate Eric Delahoy here to tell us more. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. Um, welcome from the Democratic National Convention, a.k.a. my living room. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We are. I am so excited to talk to you about what your experience has been like this year. So you're representing Oregon as a delegate for former Vice President Joe Biden. What was the process like to become a delegate? Um, sure. So... Um, in a typical year, what happens is that there's a call for people to nominate their, themselves. Um, and then there's usually a state convention where you go around and you campaign with folks and try to get people to vote for you. Um, this year, of course, it was different and everything had to go um, online. And so some of us sent emails out and postcards and everything else to try to get folks um, around the state to vote for us. So it's an elected position. Um, and they take a certain number of delegates from each congressional district, and then they base that on how many um, on the vote in terms of how many folks are delegates for a particular candidate or not. And then you get, you know, informed, and and off you go. You hope, but uh, then you stay home. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you been a delegate before? No, this is my first time. Yeah, um, so I can't compare this to um, a normal delegate season, but I will say that. Um, the Democratic Party of Oregon, especially um, under the help of Candy Emmons, um, have really done a fabulous job of helping us to feel um, a complete part of this process and um, have put together a lot of programming. And so even though we're doing this from our computers, um, we're still getting a really um, great inside look at what happens um, you know, during the party convention, being able to hear a lot of wonderful speakers, and most importantly, just able to connect with uh, Democratic delegates from around the nation. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. So what, in, what inspired you to put your name in the hat to run to be an Oregon delegate this presidential election? You know, I think a couple things um, or three things. Um, the first is that I, I'm actually, I'm an elected um, precinct committee person um, for Oregon House District 44, and I've been the assistant district leader um, in this area for a couple of years. And so I, I wanted to make sure, um, I thought it'd be great to make sure that our district was represented. And we have a lot of wonderful folks actually from our um, district um, who are there, which is great. Um, the other is that I'm the um, chair of the Basic Rights Oregon Equality PAC Board. Um, and what we do is we raise uh, money for and support pro-equality candidates, specifically LGBTQ plus candidates um, throughout the state of Oregon. And so um, there was definitely, there was a call for um, LGBTQ representation. So I thought that would also be a good piece. And, you know, the bottom line though, is that this is pretty much absolutely bar none the most important election I think of our lifetimes. It's pivotal in terms of the direction that our nation takes. Um, and I wanted to be part of that. I think I made a promise. A lot of my um, you know, fellow PCPs and folks involved in the party have promised ourselves to go to the mat, doing everything we possibly can to get involved and make sure that we um, get Donald Trump out of the White House in November and we can start to repair this nation. Um, and so it felt like the uh, convention would, would be a really good place to do that and make those connections. And what are the, some of the things that you hoped to learn during this convention? Because you're, you're already involved in the community, involved in the party. What are some of the things you hope to learn during this convention? I think, you know, 
maybe it was it's not so much about what to learn i mean there are definitely some things that i wanted to learn i wanted to see what you know was going on inside i wanted to um be part of you know how seeing how the roll call worked i don't know if you were tuning in last night but i i absolutely loved the virtual um, roll call where we got to see you know such a diversity of voters from around the country and different scenes and of course um, the oregon contingent did a fantastic job our our co-chairs um um, Rosa Colquitt and uh, Travis Nelson did an excellent job of leading our delegation and um, doing the roll call. Um, I think for me, the, the main piece was really just to get acquainted with a lot of other folks. Um, mm -hmm. One of the, the most beautiful parts um, and challenging parts of the Democratic Party is that we're a big tent and there are so many different um, experiences that come in um, to make policy and um, to be able to listen to other folks and understand perspectives and have that impact, you know, how you um, you know, look at policy or how you support different candidates in the future is, is super valuable. So um, that's the piece that I didn't think I was going to get as much of. And I've been pleasantly surprised that we've been able to do some connecting activities. And so, you know, the expectation was folks were going to be in Wisconsin together. There'd be lots of meetings in addition to the, the big keynotes at night. But what does a typical day look like in a virtual DNC? Sure. So um, I thought I would like juxtapose that with what uh, we were planning on in terms of an in-person day. And so these are really, really long days. Um, you get up super early, you have a delegate breakfast, and that's when you get your credentials that will allow you into the convention space. Um, and then um, you kind of talk about the day's events. And then um, there are a lot of caucus meetings um, for different groups. So there's a you know, black caucus, there's a labor caucus, an LGBTQ caucus, um, other meetings that might be of interest. Um, there sometimes are trainings um, and then you go to the floor and that's where you see the convention speeches and you're doing the votes um, and those particular things. And our role really as delegates, um, we have three, role, or three votes that we do. We vote for the presidential nominee, we vote for the vice presidential nominee, and then we vote to support the Democratic platform. Um, this year there was a rules change, so um, we only voted for the president in the platform. So in the virtual environment, we get up, but not quite as early, which is actually nice because I'm not a morning person at all. So, you know, having to check in at nine o'clock is much better than 6.30. Um, and um, I've tried to make some Joe and Kamala pancakes in the morning. Joe went really well yesterday because the letters were easier. Um, Kamala was a complete disaster today. So I have, you know, <laughs> one more day to try it. Um, but in any case, um, then, so we, we get a briefing in the morning from Candy, who is our Democratic Party um, kind of uh, staff member. And then what we do is that we can go to different caucuses, things like that. Um, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, though, this year put on um, is putting on a campaign school, um, which is kind of cool. So it's, it's to help people understand the inner workings of campaigns if they want to just volunteer and know why they're volunteering. Um, if you want to run a campaign or you want to run yourself. Um, and so they're putting a lot of great things together. And then we've put together um, programs every afternoon before the speaking part of the convention and so like yesterday we gathered with um, delegates from Kansas, Maine, Michigan, um, I know I'm leaving out of state in there, um, but oh and New Mexico, um, all states that have women governors um, and then so we had breakouts with folks in those states and then we had an hour-long program of the Democratic women governors um, which was fantastic so, um, so so we've really been able to actually have those connective experiences that I was worried that we wouldn't so it, it's yeah. been a like I said a terrific experience 
And so uh, you've given us a, a taste of some of your reflections and some of your experience, but I, just generally, what are your reflections, especially of the prime time that some other folks might have experienced as well? You know, I, I didn't know what to expect with prime time, um, you know, and of course, we know that, um, you know, when you're, I think the, the biggest thing I was looking forward to was just being on that convention floor with all the noise and all the energy and how everyone just feeds off of that. And, and I didn't know if that excitement would come through in the virtual, you know, kind of or in the uh, pre-planned program and the, you know, the live events um, on screen. And it actually, I think, gave the Democratic Party an opportunity to really craft a, a well put together story um, and to be able to actually showcase voices in their in natural environments, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and so um, I was particularly moved just by the roll call um, yesterday, like I said, and um, having been someone um, who was actually um, in the middle of the Matthew Shepard, um, you know, murder and everything around that, um, having mm -hmm. been with a community center in Northern Colorado, it was incredibly poignant and moving to see the final delegates, um, well, before um, Delaware went, the final delegates cast um, for um, Joe Biden um, by the Shepherd family. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that connection was great. I also think it was good you didn't have speakers who were droning on and on and on. Um, they had specific uh, pieces that they did, and I. But I really loved when the the party brought together everyday voices, you know, and mm -hmm. just the voters and these stories and the experiences. And so, I I felt yesterday was really fantastic. The first day there were a couple of glitches here and there, but you know we all live in COVID world and Zoom times, so you know I think we're all used to that. And so um, I'm looking forward to tonight and uh, seeing Kamala Harris. Um, along with um, a lot of other great players. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think the roll call for me so far, and you know, we're just halfway in, the roll call for me really um, highlighted the opportunity that we have in this format. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier on the show about how you know, does, does this feel more accessible as a format or less so? Um, because, of course, there's that energy on the convention floor that some folks have been able to experience, and there's nothing that could match that. But for me, being able to see the diversity of our country and the voices that are being presented and even just the geographic um, locales that were chosen for the roll call, for me, feels like this is a more accessible uh, format for folks. And, and I think now more than ever, we need that unifying sense. We need that sense of the of the size and scale of this party and the diversity of voices and a, a, a reconnection to values and what's possible because the news right now is just so overwhelming with the polarization, the negativity, the the bullying um, from this administration that I'm just so grateful for a change in tone that is hopeful and inspirational. Absolutely, you know, I, I was I was thinking about this last night. Um, you know, going in last week was probably one of the hardest weeks that I feel like I've had um, leading into the election. You know, mm -hmm. we get all the information about, um, you know, um, the post office, you know, sabotage and people take our, you know, um, the removal of, of uh, mailboxes and sorting machines and all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's, it's just so much. And then you go and you see all these people who have this energy and this passion and this vision on really what's best for this country and bringing as many people in as possible and as many voices and experiences. And then you see the energy that develops around that. 
that was really fantastic. Um, you know, when you, when you asked about the virtual part of the um, convention, when I was, I was kind of nervous at, at first, when it first started and like, oh no, you know, don't have that Zoom crash that we've all experienced, you know, and like, oh no, what's gonna happen? And suddenly you start with the Pledge of Allegiance and then you have all of these young people of mm -hmm. every, you know, um, color, size, background, you know, location come together to sing the national anthem. And everyone on, you know, we're all texting back and forth and we're like, oh my God, we're just waterworks, you know, we're crying and that's what it's all about. And so it actually get, um, gave me and hopefully the rest of the country that needed kind of jolt um, to embolden mm -hmm. them as they go into these final weeks into the election. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you've been going to caucus meetings. I saw you post that you got to hear Pete Buttigieg speak yesterday in the LGBTQIA plus uh, caucus. Uh, what was that like? What did he have to say? Um, so, um, and I was, I started out as a PDX repeater. So, uh, <laughs> um, and so it was really exciting. And I'm super, super thrilled to be behind Joe Biden because everyone's come together and support him. And um, he was talking about, they were actually talking about, so it was actually Pete and Chastin. Um, and, and I saw them in um, the LGBTQ caucus. Mm -hmm. I think Pete will speak tomorrow night in prime time. And um, what was great, it was, um, someone brought up the idea that it's almost like we're having um, visual fireside chats with people mm -hmm. instead of this having to project over this large, you know, audience in front of you. There's a different tonality that goes into that. There's a different style of communication. And so, you know, Pete and Chaston were just basically having this little conversation with each other and with us. And it was like being, well, we were seeing them in their living room, but it was actually like we were in that living room. Mm -hmm. um, even going to Michelle Obama's speech on uh, Monday was phenomenal. I mean, I think Michelle Obama is the absolute most gifted speaker I have ever seen in my lifetime. And she has knocked it out of the park the last, you know, four um, conventions um, that she's spoken at. And, but what I found fascinating was that even though this was on TV and it was recorded and she was speaking to a camera, the emotion that came through and the way she was able to emote was just unparalleled to anything mm -hmm. I could see. And you just felt like, okay, Michelle's got us, we've got Michelle, we've got each other, and, and we can, you know, do the hard work to make sure that everything turns out well in November. Um, so it's been, it's been a fascinating experience, obviously. Yeah, so. If you could see me, there's a grin from, you know, like ear to ear going on right now. It's true. I can see it. It is real. Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned tonight the vice president pick Kamala Harris will be speaking. Michelle's husband will also be speaking. Uh, former President Barack Obama. Tomorrow night, there's a heck of a lineup. You've mentioned Pete Buttigieg. Um, I'm excited to hear Senator Cory Booker speak. Um, and some other uh, senator, um, former Secretary of State, former Senator Hillary Clinton, I believe is tonight as well. What are you looking forward to in the next two days and two nights? Um, certainly the evening sessions, but I've really loved the sessions that we have beforehand. Like um, even the, the um, party has put together like a signature cocktail and a snack to make, although I have not done either of those. I just go with a little wine. It's so much easier and you don't have to clean up later. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to, we're doing, I think it's t tonight is um, all the Western states. We're getting together for, um, we'll have like a, a program, program first and then we'll have breakouts again. And so, you know, new, new 
friends, new faces from around the country, um, absolutely. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I think you'll see over the next couple of days, a layout of even more policy. You saw some policy last night, um, specifically around healthcare and also um, around national defense or foreign policy. Um, and I think you'll see that rolled out um, pretty clearly. Uh, I think the first night established that this is about the American people. Um, and also, this is what we're up against. You know, um, as Michelle said, someone who clearly is not up to the job, it is what it is. Um, you know, and so I think we've made that case and now making the case to everyone else, they need to get out and their vote. And everyone needs to vote. I mean, um, you know, and they need to vote early. And they, if they're not, I mean, most everyone probably listening is in Oregon. So um, don't take it for granted that you can just put it in the mail five days in advance. They like take it to a ballot box or ballot drop box or mail it right away as soon as you get it um, so you can make sure it's counted. I think the um, Republican Party and Democrat uh, and uh, uh, Donald Trump um, are trying to depress turnout so then he can call um, basically the validity of the election um, into question if he loses basically mm -hmm. um, and so we want to make sure we win the popular vote as well um, as the electoral vote um, so there's no question and so everyone needs to get out just get out and vote because if you don't you may not have it yeah what do you hope so unfortunately this will be over in the blink of an eye what do you hope to bring back to Oregon at the end of this convention in this next phase before the November election um, I think that what I thought I would bring back and what I'm going to bring back are two different things. And I, I think, um, you know, I thought I would just, uh, you know, bring back all this information and everything else. But what I'm really bringing back is a renewed sense of motivation mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I filled the tank up um, and am ready to really dive in and do everything I can um, for the election. Um, I'm going to adopt another state. We should all adopt a swing state and do some calling and texting. You can even order postcards. And if you want to do something that's non, you know, having to call and, and talk to someone, you can do that. Um, and I'm also going to make sure that I adopt a couple of our local races because our local races are really critical too. You know, we often think about, you know, the presidential election and how important that is, but we have a secretary of state uh, race here uh, with Shamia Fagan, um, who, um, you know, well, that's who I'm supporting <laughs> um, in any case, but we have a really critical um you know, race that's statewide, plus we have a lot of seats. And we want to make sure um, that we create an environment where um, part of the legislature doesn't just walk out when they don't like something. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, it's really critical that we vote down ballot, not just the sexy up top, you know, kind of races. And so I'm just really enthused and, and excited to dive into all of that and get no sleep until hopefully some really good sleep after November 3rd. Right. Now, I know you've got to jump to a very long day of meetings and all online, and so I want to give you a break. But what, one last question for you is, what's bringing you the most hope for November? Um, you know, I think, well, honestly, um, being at the convention certainly has to see how many people um, are just so enthused and know that, um, you know, for a lot of folks, Joe Biden wasn't their top choice, you know, to begin with. There was such an incredibly talented field, um, but for the field to coalesce and the supporters of, that, supporters of that field to coalesce around Joe Biden as their candidate is fantastic. Um, I'm not feeling the um, intra-party kind of stuff that we were seeing in 2016, so 
that mm-hmm. gives me a lot of hope. Frankly, also, you know, I'm a college counselor, so the kids I work with give me hope. You know, they're talking about the election. They're talking about how they can get involved, and um, it's a really good parents who are listening, your students who need um, some college stuff. Um, a good way to, um, you know, since they can't play soccer now, they can get involved in campaigns and that can right. go on their college application, you know, to, to get them engaged and involved. And, um, and frankly, also just seeing people that I've never seen involved in elections before becoming involved. I'm feeling really good about November, very optimistic, but we all got to get out. We got to vote. and It's not enough for us to vote. We have to make sure that we get our neighbors and our family members and the person you run into at the line at New Seasons to get their ballots in. I love that. And if folks don't know how to get involved, they want to adopt a state, they want to send postcards, they want to text bank, where would you send them? Um, I would go to, um, well, you can, first of all, you can go to Democratic Party of Oregon, um, for sure. And that's where you can see a lot of information on getting involved. Um, You can also go, um, I think, I can't remember what the organization is, but there's an organization about swing states. Um, or you can go right to that particular state's Democratic Party, um, and they'll tell you how you can get involved um, from there. So there's just so many ways. Um, just Google, how can I get involved in the election? And, and you're going to you know, be able to go down a rabbit hole of opportunities. Excellent. Eric, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you for your service right. to the state of Oregon. And I hope that you have a very successful and inspiring rest of the convention. Great. Thanks, Emily. It's been nice to to chat with you today. Yes. Thank you so much, Eric. That was Eric Delahoy. He's representing Oregon as a delegate for the Democratic National Convention.